and welcome to the Enchantress Society with Tia Johnson, a place where you get to be you, where you get to unlock your magic in a sacred and judgment-free zone. The Enchantress Society is your witchy sisterhood of enchanting women who guides and supports you along your spiritual journey from the mundane to the magical. I invite you to sit for a spell as I interview guests and spill the spiritual tea on how we can create the magical life we deserve. Hello there. I have an amazing guest who I cannot wait to introduce you to because we have a lot of things that we definitely need to get into. All right. Chanilla is an integrative wellness leader, a fourth generation sound healer, breath work coach, women's researcher, national speaker, mentor, and founder of Always Play Studios and the Integrative Healing Academy. She created her studio to be your friendly guide towards your self-discovery and mystic journey. Chanilla supports you to ignite the embodied healer within you, the one that knows exactly what to do, how to heal, and use your intuition towards your highest good in life, in relationships, and your soul-aligned missions so that you can make your impact for others. Chanilla implemented programs in women's shelters, veterans, legions, and underserved school populations. You can connect with her at alwaysplay.org. And I have the link in the description of this episode. So no worries. I got you covered. Janilla, welcome. Hey, Tia. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes. And whew, I, I needed you like five years ago. <laughs> if only I knew. <laughs> Listen, everything happens in divine timing. Now you're ready. So now I'm here. Yes, for sure. For sure. And uh, the main reason why, and I'm so thankful that you came on the show is I wanted to dive into, you know, of course, as the title, you know, breath work, but also understanding what that means for us to understand our breath and do the work. uh, Because I know our nervous system gets shot. I know, Mm. you know, when we talk fast and heavy, we take shorter breaths. So what exactly is breath work and how can we focus more on that? Yeah, sure. So basically the over overarching theme of what breath work is, is breathing, right? It's just like <laughs> breathing. If I can simplify it for you without all like the terminology and science and the roots behind it, it's, it's literally just breathing and essentially different ways of breathing does different things in our body. And so when we can kind of control the way that we're breathing and bring mindfulness to the way that we're breathing, it does different things to our body. So for example, there are certain types of breath work and breathing techniques that really hyperactivate your body. So if you're somebody who's looking for, you know, inner healing, you're working through trauma in the body, you're working through, um, you know, uh, energy or mood, there's styles of breath work that help you do that. And on the other end, there's also relaxation styles of breath work that's really about slowing down your body. So if you're somebody who mm. is, you know, anxious, or you have poor sleep, you have, you know, a lot of energy that is kind of stressful, there's styles of breath work that does that. And the thing for us, is like, why do you think you need to learn how to breathe? Because <laughs> You know, like, you're, <laughs> yeah. like, you're fine. You know, you're alive, you're doing okay. But essentially what happens over time is that we learn to actually hold our breath in a certain way that 
activate or disactivate certain nervous systems that we have within our body. And essentially mm. what happens is on the day to day, most of our, most of us are actually holding our breath. We're not breathing. Even if you think you're like breathing, if I just ask like you and, your, and the listeners here, it's like, well, how are you breathing right now? you're probably holding your breath. Your stomach is probably holding your breath. And if I say, take a deep breath in, you probably take a deep breath into your shoulders, which have no lungs or diaphragm. Like nothing <laughs> in your shoulders and your neck. But that's pretty much how we've learned how to breathe because what's happened over time is our body's gone into a very, very protective state. It's known as our sympathetic nervous state where we're always deciding if we're in danger, if we're stressed, mm. if we're, you know, if we're like fielding that email that we're not looking forward to fielding, if somebody's going to call us or somebody's going to say something online, we develop these kind of defense mechanisms that react in our physical body in a way that signals to us that we're not safe right now. So even if like mm. physically are safe, even if like that email is really not a big deal, even if like, you know, you're going to be fine after that conversation, that's uncomfortable. You know that logically, but physiologically, your body processes it differently. So for a lot of us, and actually for a majority of us, we've come into that being our natural state of existence. We kind of naturally exist in this fight, flight or freeze mode, rather than our parasympathetic state, which we can activate through breathing and different styles of breath work, which is more of a rest and digest just state. So what happens when you practice mindful breathing is that you trick your body, essentially, it's kind of like tricking your body into going into this parasympathetic nervous state, where your body's natural healing ability awakens. So your body's digestion, your metabolism, your hormone production, your ability to receive and give chemicals off your feel good hormones like serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, even trace amounts of DMT that help you feel like really good and high and ecstatic and just joyous. Mm -hmm. All of those things activate not when you're stressed out, but when you're chilling in this parasympathetic nervous state. So for a lot of us, you know, it's, it's not either or it's not like you're only here, only there. Some of us kind of fluctuate back and forth. But breathwork essentially is tricking your body into going into this parasympathetic nervous state so that you can receive all these beautiful benefits of meditation, the better sleep, the better mood, the better focus, the better clarity, the better energy, all the good stuff. But all you're doing is just using your breath. Wow. Just as you were saying, I was thinking, yeah, you know, there have been times where I caught myself not breathing and I go, I do this, you know, that, oh my gosh, I wasn't breathing that gas of air. And also, I, I didn't know that there was breath work that can get you revved up. I always hear the breathe, the calm down, calm down. That's very interesting. Yeah, I can tell you more about that. So essentially, you know, my my practice as a whole is something that I've created called flow breath work. And basically, it is a breathing style that includes movement and dance and blends in masculine ways of doing healing work, which is often like very still shut your mind. And these are the rules and this is the structure, but then mm -hmm. also blends in the feminine way of healing, which is really about movement and using your hips and sensuality and intuition and space and very, very, very creative movement with your body. So what I teach is, is something I call flow breath work. And uh, my 
facilitators that I train also train with me in this very, very unique style of breathing that is also this blend of, yes, we are following structure where it is, some parts of it is about stillness. It's about the rules. It's about the breathing in a very specific way. But then what we do, which is very unique, is we add in movement. And what does what that does is awakens your somatic body. Somatic meaning like your physical body. So oftentimes when we're doing healing work or we're, you know, trying to, you know, heal through something, whether it's a relationship or a grief or a trauma or whatever it is, we often try to do that in our head. We try to hyper intellectualize our healing and we have, you know, the linear logical systematic ways of thinking that, uh, thinking like, these are the things I need to do in order to heal when in mm-hmm. reality, it is those. And at the same time, your molecular body, your body also has a lot of really good information that it's holding on to. You have something known as emotions <laughs> you have emotions <laughs> yeah. that are felt in your body. Emotions are not felt in your head. Emotions are not just psychology or mm. your mind. Emotions are processed in your body. And the root of that word emotion literally stands for energy in motion. You know, like E equals MC squared. E mm-hmm. is energy. So the word itself stands for energy and motion. So over time, we experience life, we experience things that are hard, things that are difficult, things that are joyous, and those clues kind of start to stay in our body. And we kind of linguistically understand that because we know that when we talk about like a burden on our shoulders, it's it's not in our elbow, it's in our shoulders, or like a weight off of our back. When we finally had that conversation with someone, we're like, oh, I feel so much lighter. So linguistically. Mm-hmm you kind of like low-key understand that or a heartache it's not at your anatomical heart your anatomical heart is a little bit left of your center of your body but you feel like a heartache a grief a pain a breakup at the center of your chest regardless of what religion whatever language whatever part of your culture you come from it is universally felt at this part of the body you also get feelings in the pit of your stomach right intuition gut feeling mother's intuition butterflies in my stomach Where in that part of the body is that? It's in your stomach. You also have temperature clues that you get with emotions. There's hot emotions and there's cold emotions. Hot, let's see, like heated with anger, burning with rage, hot and heavy, passion, like very intense emotions processed through your body with heat. There's also cold emotions like cold shoulder or like when somebody's mean, like icy, ice queen, you know, very, very like Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, they gave me the cold shoulder. That was cold blooded. It's very like avoidant type of emotion. And so what essentially happens is that as we're going through day to day, we experience a lot of different uh, things, right? We experience um, stimulus. We experience emotions that a lot of us aren't processing to our body is because we're holding our breath. And so it starts to stay at our shoulder. It starts to stay in our lower back. It starts to stay in our chest. It starts to stay in our stomach. And it's kind of like, you know, like if you've ever felt a heartache before, all of a sudden, like one day just felt like it didn't live in your body anymore. And you like didn't know mm-hmm. what happened. Like, it just doesn't live there anymore. Or like after you had that difficult conversation, that weight was lifted off your shoulder, you physiologically feel that thing like leaving your body. Because emotion, if you think about it as like an as an actual object that finds a home in your body, it's literally living there. It's not just like a theoretical thing like, oh, emotions are just like, oh, on your shoulders or on your heart. If you think about it as like an actual object, like a ball or, you know, a, a piece of paper or some kind of, you know, toy or something like that, it's literally sitting at your chest literally sitting at your neck, literally sitting at your stomach. And so what happens during 
flow breath work or a lot of different other styles of breath work as well is that you're not just breathing to activate these beautiful systems that we spoke about earlier your parasympathetic nervous state you're awakening the chemicals awakening the hormones yes you're doing all of those things all the sciencey things but then on the somatic end on the body end you're also moving so all these different things that capture get captured in your physical body have an opportunity to move through and so now you're in absolute flow because not not only are you, yes, psychologically healing through a story, but the body also knows how to heal in a very specific way that we can't really actually think through. And, you know, sometimes we're only trying to think through our healing, but this is really about like feeling through our healing. And what happens at the end of the day is that your body, specifically your nervous system, learns to regulate itself. And so it starts to learn that, yes, when I experience these things that feel challenging and hard and, you know, uh, they, these feel feel like obstacles, I can choose to keep it in my body, or I could choose to literally let it flow out of my body by switching the way that I'm breathing. And that becomes like such a powerful tool, because now you start to notice like, oh my gosh, I go through the day, like not feeling like everything's so personal, not thinking like I'm always being attacked, not feeling I always only need to survive, but I can actually thrive and not feeling like, you know, um, I'm, I'm always defending myself or reacting mm -hmm. to reacting right like we're such reactors sometimes we're just like taking it so personal your body starts to start to learn that like nothing is about me like it, it starts to <laughs> regulate mm -hmm. it it's like wow this person did that thing because that was about them or this thing like I have the option to hold on to it or have the option to let it go I have the option so you start to bring back your power into your body because you give your breath the control back you're not allowing your situations and your circumstance and other people to dictate how you feel you're really giving yourself an opportunity to you know be in charge just by switching up the way that you breathe that is truly wonderful truly truly wonderful I felt like I, I was in school learning what I should be learning. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the, and, and you, you just totally blew my mind about the emotion. I'm someone who loves learning about the root words and, you know, words that change over time, you know. Yes. And now I will forever look at emotion and think energy in, in motion. Exactly. That makes so much sense. So much sense. And just think and, about. You go ahead. Oh, just think about like how people like, you know, maybe you, me, you know, whoever you think about, like the way that we move through life, sometimes like we, we don't always feel safe to feel emotion. Mm -hmm. And we think it's like an abnormal thing. Oftentimes it's like a weak thing or, you know, uh, whatever, whatever upbringing we have, we have a relationship with feeling emotions. And so for a lot of us, those things have just gotten stuck in our body and we haven't actually let them flow out. Yes, man. I'm thinking about all the times when where I, I wanted to cry, but I held it in and my throat hurt so badly. Then my Ooh. chest hurt. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't breathing either because I'm like. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the implications of that, the long term implications of holding your breath in that way is that oftentimes we start to see disease manifest in our body. And if you love mm -hmm. like roots of words, dis-ease means not mm -hmm. in ease. So, so, oh my goodness. Like literally the word disease means not in ease. And so mm -hmm. when 
when you know your breath and all the ways that your body naturally knows how to take care of yourself naturally knows how to heal you naturally knows how to you know do all the things if if you're if you're creating an obstacle in your body because you're doing something as simple as like holding your damn breath you know mm-hmm. it, creating a, a, a blockage in your pathway, right? And so if you're thinking about yourself, you have all these channels that are working in tandem with each other, all the systems that you have, all the molecules, all the neurotransmitters, all the beautiful things, right? Without getting too complicated on that, it's all the things that are working together for you. And if you're holding your breath, the breath is the only thing that goes from the top of your head all the way down to your feet. And so if you're holding it, you're essentially not allowing this energy to go to the rest of your body and it's like mm. your body's gonna figure out how to do it anyway you know it's like you're it, it's not say like oh you held your breath you you know you messed it all up but it's like if you could do something to help yourself out just by breathing a little bit more fully by exhaling a little bit more fully taking mindful breaths noticing how you hold your breath or how you don't hold your breath how fast you breathe all these very really, really easy things for you to notice throughout the day really creates more ease in your body. And so for a lot of people, and, you know, research is going to catch up to this, I know it will at some point. But for a lot of people, we start to see diseases manifest in certain parts of our body where we're holding a very particular emotion. Mm -hmm. And so for, uh, for, uh, for grief and pain. And if you're somebody who's been feeling like, you know, you're not really stepped into your power, or you're not really in tune with your intuition, or you are in tune to your t- intuition, but you don't really give yourself permission to listen to your intuition, you're going to start to feel some crap in your stomach, right? And maybe that manifests as weird periods or something in your pancreas or something in your in your ovaries or something in your womb, a cyst or some type, or maybe your digestion is impacted. And oftentimes we don't really think about this mind-body somatic connection because we're like, okay, we're going to do like the traditional test. We're going to test for mm-hmm. like your stomach like we're gonna we're gonna look for that type of manifestation which absolutely is valuable and important but then there's the somatic piece that is more metaphysical and more emotionally based which is really about like the way that you experience life as a human being on this planet which is about you experiencing things you you feeling things and you suppressing things and you going through going through it and feeling excitement and learning to read like subtle energy clues in your body and so what happens over time the more that we suppress it we feel kind of this energetic attack so for a lot of women and female identified folks specifically there's a lot of energy that's getting collected in the stomach area and so what flow breath work and why i i decided we were going to move move and breathe at the same time that we were going to in movement is because we've really got ourselves got to allow ourselves to move from our lower body some place mm-hmm. in our body that's really really stagnant and the energy needs to shake out and back in the day like twerking was a spiritual practice and you see mm-hmm. you know sh- and tribal cultures and you know latin dance and belly dancing and west african dancing it's heavy in the ass shaking right it's like heavy mm-hmm. Like booty movement, this the stomach area, this womb space, and it's it's a reclamish reclamation of yeah sexuality, but it's a more 
bigger reclamation of your sensuality and your creative energy, this mm-hmm. space that is really uh, oftentimes oppressed in a society where, you know, it's like, oh, it's too sexy, or that's too vulgar, or that's taboo, or, you know, like, cover that up, or this is, right, like, there's so much language around why we hesitate to move our hip space. But that is where literally birth happens. <laughs> that is like the portal, that's the energetic center, whether it is that you have a womb space or not, whether you have a physical womb or not for every single person this is the area in our body where we create where we create this is where our intuition lives and so when you're adding your breath into your movement there's something magical that happens it awakens this kind of like dormant energy a primal energy it's a very very kind of animalistic energy and it's not just it's not an animalistic energy or primal energy to say that it's like oh it's a bad thing it's like out of control it's like a very wild energy that awakens Mm -hmm. with that lets you get in touch with you know your true power of why it is that you're here and why do you like to create the things that you like to create and why are you excited about these things why are you you know um, suppressing your emotions why are you following your intuition it awakens a little bit more of that clarity and so as you're moving through your body with this style of breath work as you're breathing through in the specific way that we learn in flow breath work is that you're moving through this energy not just from a structured like let's shut off our mind let's like not have any thoughts let's like not you know let's let let's shut it all down that is one way to do things the other way uh, the other part of that is to feel everything so deeply it's to just say like give me like all of it at the same time and you're shaking it out of your body so what it gives you permission to do is to yeah you're breathing that's cool and all but it gives you permission to really step into your power. And you truly feel that because as you're doing flow breath work, you're feeling space, energetic space, literally being created in your body. And earlier when I mentioned, like if you think about emotions or a trauma or anything like as a physical object in your body, like if you were to think of these as like small, like, you know, balls of like pool balls or I don't know, like little basketballs in your body, essentially, as you're breathing, all of these things are leaving your body, you're kind of just like screaming it out, or you're shouting it out, you're shaking it out, you're sweating it out. Sometimes there's huge orgasms that are happening. This is all about like whatever your body's asking to do to release this, this mm-hmm. of energy that has just been sitting here, you know, and like, yeah, it's very emotional while you do something like that, because it's the first time that you're letting your womb space like move in a certain way without it being for somebody else, without it being sexual, Mm -hmm. without it being for performance. It's like I'm moving in my body because this is where I live. And I'm I'm taking agency and empowering myself in this in this way um, of moving. And I'm only just using my breath. Wow, that is truly amazing because I'm also thinking about how many conversations I've had with women, femme presenting uh, women that just have a throat issue. And like you were saying, stomach issues. And it, it goes back to so many times in our childhood. Oh, you're talking too loud. You know, oh, you're doing it's like, oh, okay. And then our voice gets lower, you know, and then our breath gets, you know, shortened. And like you said, we're not moving our hips because it's got, it got called this and called that. And so, yeah, this is, this is 
us tapping into that uninhibited, you know, energy, that energy in motion, that embracing our breath work before we do anything else, you know, moving our hips, even if it's just, see, now I'm going to move my hips while I'm brushing my teeth because exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have you in mind. I'm like, exactly. okay. Yeah. And, and so my, my next question is when, when, when you first start working with people, what's some of the things that you had to debunk? Because I'm, I'm just being mind blown over here. I just came into this, you know, complete, completely open, not having much, uh, you know, thought about, okay, I, I don't do this. But there are people out there who think like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk too loud or I don't realize I'm doing this with my breath. And they had to get over certain things or even the, the sexualizing, as you were saying, of certain things. So what are some of the things that you had to debunk for people when they start, first start to work with you? Yeah. So to be honest, like I don't really spend a lot of time convincing people they need breath work. I'm mm-hmm. just that breath work. You know what I mean? And it, the breath is right. going to do for you what it's going to do for you. So I could tell you a long story about like, oh, and then you're going to heal through your childhood and then you're going to forgive your parents. And then, you know, you're not going to be mad at your ex and you will like, <laughs> yeah. a story about like what it could be, could be, could be, but it is so unique to the individual. And that's, mm biggest thing it's that the openness of the individual to come and take a chance on themselves it what is what makes that experience so no two people will ever have the same experience and like I mentioned like oh this person's crying but in the same session this person is like literally having an orgasm and this person is like I don't know am I doing this right like I don't feel yeah. anything, right and, and so like all of that is right all of that is not wrong or better or worse it's just that your body as you as an individual has collected different things in your lifetime. And you also have uh, generational things that you've collected in in your lifetime that doesn't belong to you. So your parents stuff and your parents, Mm. parents stuff and your grandparents and your ancestors, all of those things, they molecularly live in your body, whether it is you have a specific memory of those things or not. So you're healing through something in such a potent way that it would be kind of like impossible for me to be like, you know, this is your, this this is what you expect, or this is what's going to happen that and so earlier on like I've been teaching breathwork for about seven years now and uh, I've been training facilitators for about three years at this time and for me it's really just being about people experiencing the breathwork and letting it speak for its for for it for themselves and Mm -hmm. then choosing whether or not it is something they want to embody for them or not because to climb an uphill battle to like tell everybody like you should do this breath work you should do breath work you should do breath work you should do breath work i'm not about telling you that you should do breath work i'm telling (laughs) you that there is something that's available that should you want support in your healing journey or your stress journey or regulating your nervous system or x y and z like there's literally this tool available for you, whether or not you want to come do that tool. It's like, you can do that at, in your bed. The nice thing about breathwork is that you literally don't need me, need a facilitator, need anyone. You don't need, you just need to breathe. You just learn techniques mm-hmm. that help you navigate through that world f- by yourself. Should you choose to do that? And for me, because, you know, as I was mentioning, you know, the way that flow breathwork came about is because I practiced lots of different styles of breathwork. I was exposed to a lot of different styles of breathwork and I loved a lot of them, 
But as I got deeper into my own inner healer and my own healing myself, not just talking about anybody else, but just like my own inner healing and working through my own stuff and healing through my stories and my attitudes and behaviors and just me as an individual, just doing my own shit and healing. When I started to do that, I felt like I was a little bit limited because there was an intuition in my body that wanted to kind of move through my hips and move through my body. And I just kind of felt like there wasn't a safe space for me to do that with facilitators who didn't understand the somatic piece of healing, like Mm -hmm. why moving is important or why, you know, there's all this amazing, amazing signs and evidence around somatic psychology and somatic uh, physiology that helps you do a deeper level of healing. And so for me, this type of breathwork came about because I I always say, you know, we create for people what we wish existed for ourselves. And, mm. and I couldn't find those places where I felt safe to, yes, I still want you to facilitate breath work. I don't want you to cheat me on breath work, but I also want you to like lead me through movement in a place where I do feel safe that I want to gyrate my body and it's not weird and that I want to scream like this and I want to shake like this and I want to, you know, like have a blood clot literally come out, come out of my body and then like <laughs> heal like generational trauma from this, right? Like there, mm-hmm. I just safe in 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 uh, in a lot of spaces in that way and for me you know I'm a South Asian person I'm an immigrant to the United States there's also a lot of harm I experienced in certain types of wellness spaces as well there mm-hmm. there's uh there's you know there's decolonization that needs to happen in wellness there's accessibility conversations we've got to you know keep having there's a lot of different types of harm and violence that happened for me as I was a participant in these place spaces both as a facilitator and also as just somebody who's like coming to classes and you know trying to heal in groups and whatever there's certain things that didn't align for me and so for me it was really about creating and curating spaces that felt like it spoke to one me me, I'm my Mm -hmm. number and number two and because I really embrace and embody that I've naturally attracted people to me who don't need convincing of breath work. They also know that they want to move their body. They also know that they don't want to subscribe to these, this kind of language. They also know that right. these words resonate or don't resonate. And it's like a two is their own. Like my thing's not for everyone. Your thing's not for everyone. And that's the mm-hmm. application of what's happening in specifically, you know, my community with flow breathwork facilitators is that all these different individuals have taken this form of breathwork and now they make it their own. So now they're able to, as therapists go into, you know, their therapy clients and do that there or to with their students or at, in nursing homes and as nurses or as doulas and all of this. And it's just like little lights that just have been planted and so to kind of like round about mm-hmm. question it's like what is the you know what is the you know what is the kind of story I have to heal through it's not really about other people it's really about me embodying my crafts believing in my craft and being a practitioner of my craft to its core so that that light shines so bright and people are like, yes, I also want to learn that. Yes, you know, you know what you're talking about. Yes, like that resonates with me. And then that just naturally picks up its momentum and flows in that in, in its own way. I, I love that. And then when people are able to give themselves that grace to be in that safe space, just, just as you were saying, it's going to be applied in other areas in their life. So when they feel like, oh, you know what, I need to speak up for myself in this area. 
instead of shrinking and thinking like, oh, you know, I'm not supposed to do this or wait my turn, stand up straight, you know, do the breath work, you know, send that to your, your stomach, whatever you need to do. And now they can reference that place and time where they worked with you, you know, the facilitators, okay, there is a safe space. And because I know that is this, I can take this and apply it some way, shape or form here. And then they can grow more, expand more. And next thing you know, they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm, you know, this person who's embracing so many parts of me and I'm doing it through something that I just had to be more conscious about my breathing. Exactly. And, you know, I host something called the Breathwork Club. And through COVID, I think maybe about 20,000 people have come breathe with me on Sundays. And it's basically a free place where you can breathe, like free 99, you know, so there's like really <laughs> yeah. people not to come and stuff like that. But what happens is that when we create community spaces, and we, you know, provide spaces for people to try out something that they may not have tried out, without giving them too much of a pretense of like what to expect, what's going to happen or, mm-hmm. you know, overfill their expectations of like how amazing something is. It is even more of a potent experience because that person has the opportunity to, to take that experience and make it relevant for themselves in a way that you're not able to do for them, right? Like it's only going to be relevant for them in the way that they can process it. And so I mm-hmm. love hosting spaces like that. And I'm thankfully fortunate that, you know, I can provide a free space. And uh, next year, my facilitators are going to be teaching every single Sunday. So I'm not going to be the one always teaching. It's like, I'm able to do that for people. And what happens is that, you know, people will refer other people because now you know that this tool exists and what an easy tool it is. You know, and, and I'm also a sound healer that requires tools and instruments and setup. And, you know, there's different type of labor in that. But when you're practicing breath, you're literally using your own own energy you're using your own experience you're using your own pace your own rhythm and the facilitator there is just to hold space for you they're not the one breathing for you you at the end of the day are the one doing the job you're the one doing the work Mm -hmm. and i always say it's called breath work you know so you gotta work (laughs) like There's some work and there is some work involved into that. And, and, and the, the most wonderful part of, you know, uh, people getting into breath work is that we're bringing breathing and breathing techniques outside of con- kind of the traditional wellness spaces. So it's not just in your yoga classes anymore. And it's not just in your, you know, like shamanic healing that you have to like go off into the jungle for. And you, you know, it's not only in just mm-hmm. these boo boo spaces, it's in practical applied spaces. Like my mom comes to our Sunday night breathwork classes a lot, you know, to the breathwork club and she's a teacher and she teaches young kids. And so now she's teaching them like very easy young techniques, you know, for kids who can start to be mindful of the way that they're breathing. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. not going through a whole hour long, like, you know, dance, ass shaking, breathwork technique, but there are certain <laughs> techniques made for kids. And I, I recently wrote, wrote a book. It's called Breathe that outlines 33 breathing exercises for pretty much everyone. And it's made in a way so that anybody who is, you know, somebody who thinks that they're bad at meditating or they don't really want to sit around for like more than 15 minutes <laughs> or, you know, yeah. it, it's for your aunt or uncle who's like literally never going to set, set their foot into a <laughs> you know, meditation class and it's like voodoo, woo-woo, whatever. It's, it's 
practical breathing for every single person. And so when we kind of destigmatize like what breath work is and just being like, no, you're literally like, you when you know, when you when we first started this conversation, you were like, Oh, what is breath work? I'm like, it's just breathing. You know, I don't have a <laughs> like complicated ass answer to, you know, make myself sound smarter, like, oh, it's these things and these things. So like, no, <laughs> <just> breathing, <laughs> like breathing, right? And and so when we can simplify that, I think we make it more um accessible and, and easier for people to try. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why I had opened with that uh, question is because I know people minds race like, well, what is it? Do I have to do this? Do I have to buy these items? Do I dress like this? Who are you? you know, so it's so <laughs> many things. <laughs> all of you know, it, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, all of it and none of them. <laughs> yeah, all of it and none. <laughs> oh man, no, I and it, sometimes you, it's it's like you, you almost got to laugh at it because. It can be so overwhelming, but it goes back to what you were saying. It involves you. So, you know, it doesn't have to be this, you know, overwhelming thing. And like you were saying, you know, breaking down, destigmatizing, all that. Like, this is what it is. Breath work. That's like, this is what it is. And we had to unlearn a lot of things in order to, you know, understand that, hey, this is something that's going on with you anyway. So why not work with this? And then receive the benefits of doing this breath work as, as you were saying, you know, per whatever person is going through, you're going to have your experience. You're going to have your experience and you can start wherever, you know, and work your way up. Yeah, exactly. And, and what you mentioned about just like, you know, keeping it simple too. Like if you think about uh, part of what we were talking about earlier, you know, just breathing into our chest and, you know, when we take deep breaths, we breathe into our chest, like, if you look at kids or animals, like they breathe into their bellies, you know, they don't mm. learn stress until later on in life. And so this it, breath work really becomes about unlearning something you already know, unlearning mm. poor practices. Like if you ever watch like a cat or like a baby's belly, if they're sleeping or they're just laughing, they don't learn chest breathing until they start to learn like what being scared is or what it means for your nervous system to react or what it means for you to be afraid or to mm. be afraid of interacting with kids. And so I don't know at what age that happens for a child. Like I'm a new auntie. So, you know, I have a, I have a little uh, two-year-old running around here. <laughs> I, I check his breathing and, and he's learning breath work from me too. We're like, <sighs> like, <so> he, like <laughs> he knows, like he knows, but like you know, I'm still noticing like he still breathes into his belly, and so I I wonder if I will notice like a change at some point mm. like, at school or you know interacting with more outside life, like if that style of breathing changes for him, and and you know we don't keep an eye on on that. Like I don't know if you have kids around or you know, you have access to kids or stuff like that, like you might notice like some kids are still belly breathers and some kids are like holding their breath. They're breathing from kind of like the back of their uh, back of their chest. They're not even like breathing from mm. the front. Chest. They're like breathing from the back. It's like, that's 
an anxious child, you know, like, why are we doing that? <laughs> why are we doing that to our kids? Because like, that is the same thing that's going to happen. Like when we go through school, when we go to jobs and relationships and all mm-hmm. of this stuff, it carries through. And we think this is something that develops in adulthood. But the truth of the matter is that this poor breathing ignited in your body at such a young age. And so now you're unlearning something that you naturally already knew how to do, but now you have to like relearn how to do it. Wow, that that's crazy how that happens. We hear it so many times with creativity, expression, you know, as a kid, it's there. And then somewhere along the line, it gets pushed to the wayside and then get rediscovered again when you become an adult. It's, it's just so crazy how that happens. Yeah, for sure. So do you have uh, go-to breathwork exercises to quickly realign you throughout the day if you feel misaligned? Do you have uh, like a morning and an evening breathwork exercise that you do? Yeah, so I practice some form of breathwork every single day. And I actually have a couple up on my YouTube if anybody wants to breathe there. It's super new, Mm -hmm. but there's some techniques on there as well. But one that I suggest that everybody knows is something called the box breath. And it's basically you pick a number anywhere from like four to eight. Don't go any higher than eight. It's just four to eight. You pick a number. And so say it's four, you breathe in for four seconds. You hold your breath for four seconds. You breathe out for four seconds and you hold your breath for four seconds. And you do that at least maybe three or four rounds. You can do it more than that if you want to. It's not going to harm you. But three rounds of that is exactly what we were talking about earlier about activating that parasympathetic nervous state. And this is something that you can do while you're driving, while you're, you know, right before you're about to eat, right before you're about to go to sleep, when you wake up in the morning. And it just becomes a really versatile practice and it's so simple four 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 right box so breathing in for four holding your breath for four exhaling for four and then holding your breath for four and what you'll start to feel is just even doing this just maybe once a day maybe if you think about it more than that twice or three times a day your body it responds in such a powerful way. Your body knows how to heal itself in such a powerful way that even just introducing this very small technique, you'll start to notice your mood. You'll start to notice your energy. You'll start to notice like the way that you react. And it just becomes about practice. So keeping this in your practice, for me, you know, um, I love uh, the box breath. There's other styles of breath work that sometimes I put in there. But if I can just offer that one up, I'll be happy. That's wonderful. I was doing that as you were talking and then I had a chill. So I released something. I don't know what (laughs) (laughs) it came right after that. (laughs) You know, and you'll also notice like your relationship with even holding your breath for four seconds, even though that is not super hard to do, even though you're probably holding your breath right now for longer than four seconds. But when you consciously bring your mind to that, you'll start to notice whether or not your body starts to panic. And that's something for you to just keep your eye out eye, eye out for it because now you're like, wow, um, uh, my, my body is constantly in panic mode, but now I'm being aware of it because now I'm holding my breath and I'm noticing that my body's telling me I'm suffocating, I'm suffocating, I'm suffocating when literally it's only been like two seconds. And so you'll start to, to kind of heal your relationship with, not just inhaling, but exhaling as well. Because breathing, 
two parts, right? It's not just you breathing in. It's also you letting out the breath. That <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a two-part activity. It's the inhale and the exhale. So you might be really good at the breathing in, but what is your relationship with letting that carbon dioxide leave your body? Because the more carbon dioxide that collects in your body, the more clues that your body gets that I'm not safe right now. So it's essentially mm-hmm. like it's suffocating. Got it. Yes. Wow. So many amazing tidbits you've given us. And I'm going to add your uh, YouTube channel link to the description. And you covered so much. But is there any final words you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anybody in here hasn't tried to practice mindful breathing, I challenge you to try out the box breath, breathing in for four seconds, holding for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, and hold for four seconds. And, you know, let us know, like, how did that go for you? I would love to kind of challenge you to do that, because I feel like it's a really easy thing for you to add in. And, Mm -hmm. you know, why do that to yourself? Why stress yourself out like that? Uh, another thing I'll leave you with is if anybody's interested to learn about, you know, becoming a breathwork facilitator, or you want to learn about breathwork techniques, uh, I have a book called Breathe. And I also have flow breathwork facilitator trainings that help you, you know, develop your skills as a facilitator. So if you're down to do any of that, you can find me on alwaysplay.org and all the details are there. Beautiful. Yes. And that link will be in the description. Uh, So you can click there, connect with her, you know, get all that information. Thank you so much. This was so fulfilling. I'm going to implement these exercises. And uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll post something on my IG story and, and let you know how I feel because I just know that this is so important. And it's so easy to to skip it, you know, just so easy. Like I got to do this. I got to do that. But slowing down, which I have, (laughs) the universe forced me to learn this. (laughs) So I was forced to slow down. And what I'm realizing is that a lot of other people are being forced to slow down too. And, you know, slowing down with the breath work just seems right. To be more conscious about it, take inventory of that and start breathing with my stomach you know, and, and really focus on this. I truly thank you for that. Thank you, Tia. Thank you for having me. Yes, definitely. And to everyone listening, I'm sending you lots of love, many blessings. You know, I'm rooting for you. Be kind to yourself until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in, Magical One. Let's keep in touch. Join the VIP email list by going to tiamariejohnson.com and As always, I'm sending you lots of love, many blessings. I'm rooting for you. And remember to be kind to yourself. Until next time.